for the record, I, I hit the record button. None of this is going in. But oh, yeah, no, do not do that. I'm not... I just hit the record button. Oh, okay, got it. So, nothing we just said is in there. You should just make that the cold open. Nothing we just said is in there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> nothing that was said before this matters. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that throws in a little mixer, just so you get to know each other a little better. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, how well do I know you? <laughs> Pretty fucking well at this point. <laughs> I, am, I will tell most of my secrets at the drop of a dime, not on mic, but <laughs> at the drop of a dime... And so, uh, yeah, I think you know it. pretty much everything about me, Stephen. I know a lot about you. How would you know if it's everything? Well, it's not everything. There's no way. There's no way you can know everything about a person. You could also know nothing about me. All of this could be carefully fabricated. But then I would also know the fabricated stories that you told me. Right, but if they're not real, is your name really Jared? Who's to say? Are you really on a podcast? Well, that one, yes. Okay. Well, we publish it and people listen to it. Fuck. <laughs> How's it going? How, how have you been in the last two days that I... Well, the yesterday that I've I was going to say, we see each other most days. Yeah. Which, when we first started, it was like, we'd see each other twice a week and there'd be stuff between episodes. And now our lives are so busy, we only record on the weekends or the same day. Yeah. So, uh, that question has gotten harder. <laughs> But in the 12 hours I last saw you. Yeah, I saw you do a show because yeah. we had an understudy go on, planned. Yeah, um, not for me. And Yeah, not for you. And as a director, I have a commitment to see every time an understudy goes on for the first performance. That is exhausting <laughs> to see a show that many times, to be perfectly honest. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try it and see how it goes. And maybe later in my career, I'm going to be like, I can't. I'm just, I have too much going on and I'm too tired. But understudies put in a lot of work and they deserve to be seen. So I, I try to live my values, even if sometimes things get in the way. Yeah, live your life, baby. Yeah, except for that, I played League until two in the morning. Oh my god. I won almost every game. Well, good for you. Yeah. You're insane, but good for you. It was fun. Me, well, and, my, me and my buddy Odera, shout out Odera if you listen, I... He likes Survivor. He might. I've shown him the podcast before. All right. Well, yeah, we were on a tear, so we just kept going. Oh, Dara, write in. If you, if, if, send us something. Speaking of things that you can send us something, that was the cleanest one. And it was, but you didn't say anything about your life or your week. Okay, fine. Bring it back to me. Steven, what's new with you? Nothing. I have no life. You're throwing a party tonight. I am throwing a party tonight. That's because one of my shows is ending, and they literally... Could not find nobody would volunteer to host a party. I hosted the opening one, and like, no shame, I get it. Like, not everyone can host, but like, out of a cast of like 12 people, surely somebody else could host. Well, you're the old man with the established life and condo, and they all have roommates. Ah, oh, that's a good point. Damn. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Speaking of damning Daniel. How relevant. <laughs> Emails. If you want to send us an email, feel free to do so. You can send it to us, survivortbt at gmail.com, or you can message us on Twitter, 
at SurvivorTVT or Reddit u slash SurvivorTVT. We got more emails from this last week, so we have... Six, to be precise. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, that is correct. Starting with, as we have started the last episode, Carl! Carl! We got two Carl emails. Wasn't going to send an email for this, but then Jared gave me a stray, and I have to defend my honor. <laughs> I legitimately had no idea this special existed before now. Laughing my ass off. However... Fun fact, there was another special that CBS did for Amazon in partnership with Saturn. If you went to a Saturn car dealership before Amazon started, you could pick up an exclusive DVD promo that had pre-show interviews and other snippets. Fascinating. This was the only season that did that, which is a reflection on how hyped Amazon was. How much they were trying to get away from Thailand. Yeah. I know that's not it, but I'm going to change that narrative. I'm cool with it. And since I'm here, Gabe was, like, legally blind in Marquesas, which I think is why he struggled on that challenge. I can't remember if I sent that before or not. I think so. I think I just forgot. Just want to point it out, because you want to die on that hill. I will. Peace. I think you have 19 unread emails from me now, so enjoy that. <laughs> it was five, but did you yeah. you peace? He did. He said peace. peace. Oh, P.S. I thought you were saying... No. I thought you were trying to say P.S. and you pronounced it as peace. No, he said peace. Oh, okay. Like, peace, peace out. Peace out. Peace out, Cub Scout. Also from Carl, congrats, we made it to the Amazon. I know Jared likes to know what the public opinion of the show was at the time, yes. so I'll set the stage here. Thailand was not received well. Shocking. And people were starting to get tired of Survivor. Immediately after its airing, the consensus was that it was getting old hat and had run its course. Mm. People thought everything that could have happened on the show had already happened. And <laughs> wow. New, and new seasons would be simply repetitions of the old. That just goes to show how bad we are at projecting things forward. Like, imagine, this is season six. Mm -hmm. They go on for 20 some odd more seasons. Like, they're not done, so I can't say exactly how many. Like, it, and they, sometimes it gets stale, sometimes they reinvent itself, I'm sure. Imagine thinking, one through five, yep, we've seen every variation of Survivor that we possibly can. Yeah. And I, I've, I've said this before, but... This is the first time they've really done uh, a gimmick season. Yeah. And this, I will say, I, I think I said in season, I don't know, it was two or four, maybe both of them, that the seasons before that felt like a, a prequel, almost. Mm -hmm. This season feels like a fresh reboot. Like, season six feels like they were like, all right, we got to spice this up. And makes the other season before it, already through two episodes, feel like the prequel. Yeah. It makes season one feel like it's a whole different dimension, but the other one's like a prequel. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Despite the negativity, the hype for season six was larger than anything since Africa, maybe even Australia. This wasn't even due to the male versus female split, as this only became public knowledge a week before the season premiere. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. There was simply a lot of buzz around the season, a lot of insider rumors saying that it would be incredibly exciting. And... I'm sure they strategically leaked information about it being exciting, about buzz, and it seems like they pushed a hard marketing campaign. So, good on the producers. They knew what the fuck they were doing with that. Yeah. It, you can see it in the the Saturn DVD promo and the extended length of the premiere. It's the first time we've had an hour and a half premiere, which oh, we, didn't, yeah. we didn't mention. We noticed because we're like, wow, okay, this is going on. Longer than we expected. I did not notice. I thought my attention span was just poor. Hell yeah. <laughs> Additionally, having a deaf contestant 
on provided lots of extra hype. I get it. It's weird that that's the hype, but I get it. Well, it's something if you if you had thought that every possible variation had been played out. Yeah. This is now a oh my god that's that's very cool that's a new angle, and also accessibility like people being like oh different types of people can play like that's new and exciting. Yeah. Different folks, different strokes. Yeah. Also bears mentioning that this was the first season entirely spoiled before air. Can give more details on this later if you want, but essentially some guy named Chill One went down to the Amazon while they were filming and got the scoop on the final two. Wow. This spoiler was apparently unavoidable if you were on any Survivor internet forums at the time. Every online fan knew about it. Obviously won't spoil Jared, but... Thank you. Interesting quirk of TV history that he is less spoiled going into this season 20 years later than he probably would have if he was paying attention Live. to internet forums. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. And also, like, the guy's name was Chill One. That's so funny because he booked a flight to the Amazon and started going around around people being like, all right, so who is still around? Who's, who's, uh, who's still in? Who's not? That's the least chill thing you can do. Very not chill. Also, weirdly enough, Daniel and Shauna had sky-high approval ratings pre-show. We'll see if they earn those. He didn't. I mean, they're both very attractive people. Yeah. And both charismatic when they do talk. Yeah. That makes sense. I think, yeah. Episode notes from episode one. Jared and Jess calling Rob a douchebag and just ripping him to shreds is my favorite segment ever on this show. <laughs> just, just, I love it. Roger's a great guy, not problematic whatsoever. Good call. <laughs> we are two episodes later. And already spoiled like milk. Oh, great. Jess says in 2003 it would be hard for people to work with Christy. Honestly, I think it would be hard for 2023 people as well. People may be more considerate, maybe, but unless you have experience being around a deaf person, there are probably still things that would make it difficult. And I did look it up and... In most communities, person-first language is appropriate. Okay. In the deaf community, they prefer deaf. Fascinating. So, there you all go. Right. I've learned. Jared jokes about all the black women being Jesus freaks. Yes and no, in my opinion. The ones that are religious, their edit really leans into it. Sure. But Ramona, Alicia, and Gandia never struck me as crazy religious. And that's, that's a good point. Is That's true. I forgot about Alicia. I don't know why Ramona struck me as religious, but maybe, I mean, the standouts of the women of color are Vesepia, because she won, yeah. and the one that's in front of my face, Joanna. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I definitely was painting a broad stroke with only two connections. Yeah. Love Butch with the machetes. Be careful. They can kill you. <laughs> so dramatic. Notice their food? Not rice, but manioc. A local Amazonian food, just like they did in Africa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Dave cracks me up, man. First him saying, believe in yourself is a great message, something to really think about, as if it's deep philosophy, and it's hilarious. Then he says Shauna's hot because she wears a ski cap that's badass. Then Alex calls Shauna hot, and he's like, bangarang. I can't. The guys are caricatures of themselves sometimes. Yeah. Butch saying the guys believed in themselves a little too much. <laughs> you went too far. You believed in yourself too hard. Honestly thought Ryan was the douchiest of all. Remember when he was talking about the women and he was like, at the end of the day, you want people who are going to be useful. And then later Roger called him useless. <laughs> Though I did love when he said every woman on Jabiru had a unique quality and Jeff laughed at him. I love the way that Jeff they is interacting with the men. Unique qualities. <laughs> I enjoy their unique qualities. Both of them. Wow, we saw a lot of that in this episode. That's true. 
Deaf and hard of hearing are different categories of hearing loss. Yes, so okay. I go with deaf. That is also something that I looked up. Hard of hearing definitely does refer to more of a like hearing loss kind of a Makes thing. Makes sense. It's less specific. Yeah. Deaf is, it's gone or pretty much gone. Yeah. Yeah. And Ryan saying, don't hunt what you can't kill. Matthew was the one who said, stop giving me advice. Okay. Yeah. So Ryan had never seen Survivor before because back then it happened to be on the same time as WWE Smackdown. Jesus. The man had priorities. But the main reason he was targeted was something you never see reference to on the show. He kept slamming the door where the guys were staying before filming started and it kept waking Roger up. So everything else, him not working the balance beam, was a really convenient excuse for Roger to target him. That makes a lot of sense. That's so fucking Why it was him instead of Daniel. Oh. Roger is vengeful. Yeah. From Josh, to Josh emails. This season, or season seven, are probably the non-all-star seasons with the most coverage in the first 20 seasons. Oh, wow. In fact, right before this, was listening to a contestant talk about the current season of Survivor on a different podcast... And indicated in the episode, there's so much to say about this season that will come up as the season goes on. I still think a good bonus episode would be to listen back to your cast assessments because some interesting thoughts were said. We should do that for all of them. I think I think that would be fun. That would be fun. A big unaired reason... Yeah, there we go. Same thing as people kept waking... Or Ryan kept waking people up at night when he went to go take shit. Let's do that before the All-Stars season. Okay. We go back and listen to all the cast assessments and reflect on them. I love it. Well, then sent a, a whole video on the episode two. Like, there's there's a good chunk of YouTube video here. They discuss, they talk to Roger about homosexuality like 10 years later. Mm-hmm. They talk about their theories on the granola bar too. So I think this is a good video for us to watch off air. Not now, but... Sure. It's like 40 minutes long, so... Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. Especially before, whenever Roger eventually goes home or wins, watching yeah. that will be a good a good point of reference. I agree. Tyler. Ryan later founded and became the CEO of his own nutrition company in New York. So, pyramid scheme. Got it. Maybe. It could just also be like a, a local, I don't know, walk in, get a smoothie, and leave. 75 to 90% of nutrition companies are pyramid schemes. I'm aware that, like, those shake companies, the ones that you just, like, you go in, they weigh you, and, like, perform body analysis, that that's all bullshit. Yeah. But you have to buy Nutrilife or Herbalife or whatever the fuck all these protein things are. Allegedly pyramid schemes. Yeah. Don't sue us. Allegedly. Mul- mul- allegedly multi-level marketing schemes. <laughs> Also, Roger apparently had it out for Ryan from the beginning. Everyone everyone knows this. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, we didn't know this, so thank you. That's great. I'm looking forward to your coverage of the season, especially since several of Jared's first impressions were already so wrong. Oh my god. Yay! For a matter, so are Jessica's, and this season really sucks that we aren't going to get to see how her opinions changed over time. Sure. Yeah. Maybe that's the thing. Well, Bring the guests back for the finale. I don't and no, the finales are already long enough. Yeah, I don't know that they would I don't know that it would work with Jessica coming back to do it again. Yeah, I will also say my friend Jess is staying with me this week as she's planning to move here and has a gig she's from out of town, she has a gig in town, so we watched this episode together. Not episode two, but I caught her up on what happened. And her guess on Janet was incredibly right. <laughs> <laughs> Janet, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. 
like I said, if you only watch the first episode and the last episode, there's so much context that yeah. you just miss. So, I don't know. If if I could have a guest that could commit to an entire season, I think that would be interesting. That could be fun. Or one of the guests that we bring on that know a lot about Survivor. Sure. Would be fun, too. I know Steven's been trying to get Jared to watch current seasons, but personally, I'm good with him not seeing them, so he'll be unspoiled when they eventually get to those seasons. It's a good point. That's true. When we get there in five years. Eight. Eight years? You did the math? I did the math. For, for, us, to catch, for us to catch up to where Survivor is, with it still releasing two seasons a year, it'll take about seven to eight years. Yeah. And that especially applies to a season with returnees from seasons that he hasn't seen yet. Yeah. Also makes a lot of sense. Cool. Thank you, Tyler. For, as we have grown since I've last mentioned it, my only experience is I've seen all of David and Goliath, and I've seen 41 and 42. <laughs> all right. And then final email from Julius. Hi again. Just excited Hi, for us to be on Amazon now. Has some notes for me. Love it. Thank you. For both of us, apparently one of the reasons Ryan being the first boot was he sick pregame and was pooping and waking people up. Hilarious. It's so funny. I'm so glad that everyone knows this. Hilarious. It's so good. Cool. Anything else? No, I just, since, as I mentioned, we've we've grown a, a decent amount over the last few seasons. Thank you to everyone who writes in. And if you uh, don't write in, also thank you for listening. Please rate in review and tell your friends we only mention it like once or twice a season it is super important i don't care about the like i don't care about it personally but the algorithm cares a lot and the more people that discover it that like it cool yeah anyway yes thank you thank you so much like for rating and subscribing and telling your friends huge help to us and thank you all for your emails even the ones that are repetitive of others there's no way you would know that yeah i would rather have more information that i can't use than no information. You guys are the best. All of you. All four of you who are like, fucking Ryan, man. He, <laughs> he poops and wakes people up. I love it. I'm better off for knowing that. Yeah. You know what we're better off for knowing? A bumper. Alright, so this episode came out on February 27th of 2003. A couple things happened in the week between episodes. The first one is Real Time with Bill Mayer. That's how you say his name? Bill, Bill Maher. Bill Maher? Bill Maher. Bill Maher. Uh, Bill Maher's political talk show, Real Time with Bill Maher, debuts on HBO. Bill Maher the science guy? Bill Maher the politics guy. The uh, neoliberal guy. Got it. And then Mr. Rogers passed away. Oh, no. Nin he had a good long life. 1928 to 2003. That makes sense. Only 74. He should have lived longer. He deserved to live longer. Rest in peace, Mr. Rogers. Take it up with PBS, I guess. They didn't kill him. <laughs> they might have. Maybe it was a hit job. Why would they do that? It was the Sesame Street gang. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Not in our neighborhood. This is Steven's conspiracy theory. <laughs> CBS killed Mr. Rogers. PBS, not CBS. This is... <laughs> unless... Well, I don't know. They work together. Unless... This goes all the way to the top, unless baby! CBS was trying to promote their kids' stuff by taking out Mr. Rogers. I know Nick Jr. Now we're getting Nickelodeon involved? It is. It's... Oh, it's, it's, a C it's a CBS property. That's true. Yeah. Uh, the number one song on the charts is still All I Have by Jennifer Lopez. And the top five movies were The Life of David Gale. Which I don't know what that is at all. I don't know what that is either. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days at number four. Chicago, number three. Daredevil, number two. And Old School, number one. Wow. Do you know what Old School is? I do know what Old School is. I 
It's reviewed. It's regarded pretty highly. I've never seen it, but I I know it's that like prevalent type of comedy, like obnoxious college kids doing stupid things. And I think Will Ferrell's in there. It is, too. yeah. After discovering his girlfriend, played by Juliette Lewis, has been participating in group sex. Attorney Mitch, played by Luke Wilson, feels his world come undone. Did not expect that first sentence, I will not lie. He moves into a new place which happens to be near a college campus and tries to get his life back together. Hey, wait, you live near a college campus. I'm trying to get my life back together. Are you trying to have group sex? With the Catholic school kids? Loyola's not a Catholic school. Yes, it is. I think I just doxed your location. Loyal is definitely a Catholic school. The people that go there are not Catholic. Fair, but it is a Catholic school. Okay, technically I went to a Presbyterian school, but that does not mean that anyone there was Presbyterian. Anyway. Yeah, hey, I went to public school, man. Well, no, uh, college. I went to public school, man. Two of his best friends, Frank, played by Will Ferrell, and Beanie by Vince Vaughn, start hanging out in Mitch's house, eventually turning the place into a wild party pad, much to the ire of the college's dean, Gordon Cheese Pritchard, played by Jeremy Piven. Okay. It definitely seems like that Animal House yeah. style 2000s comedy. Yeah. Okay. The more you know. Now everyone knows where you live. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, let's start the episode, shall we? Episode three, Girl Power. And we had some we had some girl power in this one. We had some more domination by the ladies. They are good at Survivor. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about it later. Well, kind of good at Survivor. They're good at challenges. They're good at challenges. <laughs> yeah. But it did seem like they were getting their shit together a little bit in this episode. They're getting their shit together and alliances are starting to form, it looks like. Yeah. I love it. Yep. <laughs> so we start the episode with Rob. Rob carving into the tree is the seventh day. And on the seventh day, the Lord said to rest. But not us, baby. I vacillate. On a moment-by-moment moment basis between loving and hating Rob. Tell me more. Rob's personality is awful sometimes. He seems like a straight-up chauvinist. But then I'm like, how much of this is an act? How much of this is performance for everyone around you? Because you're actually really fucking good at the game. Mm -hmm. He's intelligent. He's very personable and he blends in a little bit with the people around him but he's also an obnoxious idiot who brought a magic eight ball and won't stop talking about who he wants to put his dick in so i can't and maybe both things are true right maybe he's just a good strategist and kind of weird and slimy it is what it is <laughs> can we get is is the name rob in this era just meant to make you a total piece of shit have we met one good Rob? Depends what you mean by good. Like, Boston Rob is charismatic. Also an asshole. Yeah, oh yeah. Igor, terrible. Yeah, I agree. This Rob, weird and kind of chauvinistic. Robaba. Robaba. No, this is Rego Rob. Robaba was last season with the skateboard. Oh yeah, no, also not great. <laughs> also obnoxious as hell. Yeah. Anyway... They're, they're working on their camp. They're fixing the roof because they had some leaks. And they're, they're talking about function over comfort. And it's, it's another, like, guys versus girls kind of a thing. Like, they're trying to make it, like, our camp works. And it doesn't have to be pretty, but it works. It also is a straw man because you don't know what their, what their shelter looks like. Yeah. And he's, I wrote an exact quote. We build something big to look at. That's what we do. We are the men. Stupid. I don't know if that's an exact quote. I think I paraphrased a few other things into one. Fine. But, yeah, and he's like, we go for, we we build it structurally and then go for comfort. I'm like, 
the point of a structure is to be comfortable to a certain extent. Like, if it doesn't work, it's not comfortable. Sure. If it's if it's leaking water on you, it's not comfortable. Yeah. If you're not getting rest in it, it's not comfortable. I agree. But so, also, I, I can see the narrative, though, of the, like, I can take in a big empty space and turn it into something more comfortable later. Sure. Yeah, I just, in, in the bare bones element of Survivor, you're not talking about, like, a living room making it functional versus comfortable. Its function is comfort because it is trying to give you the bare minimum comfort to survive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's stupid all the way around. Yeah. And then this transitions into a, a conversation that we kind of see prevail through the entire episode of Roger being weirdly passive-aggressive to and an Daniel. asshole. Of like, hey, I was going to go get water, but like... Do you mind getting water? And that being said, Daniel did not, like, respond to anything. Like, he's just kind of like, eh. Yeah. And, and they just kind of, like, stared at each other for a while. So Daniel could have been like, hey, yeah, I'll do it. Maybe not right now, but I'll do it. So this, Daniel is the Christie of his tribe. And obviously, no, there's no relieving the physical or the 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 physical disability he is the outsider Mm -hmm. and this seems like his god damn it help me build the shelter moment sure it's like refusing to help or whatever but he unlike christy who bridges the gap and says like i feel excluded i feel like an outsider daniel never does and never and i'm not saying that he would he should take the exact same approach but he never actually talks at the problem he talks around it he's not like Roger, you treat me like shit. He kind of does in tribal. Yeah. But in a way that's, like, combative rather than, like, I need people to work with me. I see what you're saying. Because the, the parallels are there. And yeah. Chrissy does the same thing. And I think that that's where the gap is bridged at yeah. tribal. and Or at least it's brought up and then it makes people think, oh, okay. But we could have just as easily seen that Chrissy could have gone home yeah. at that episode and then nothing would have been solved like Daniel. Yep. Nothing would have been, nothing is solved. Yep. And I think part of that's true and part of it is Daniel is not, like, he's not trying to make connections. No. He's not trying to help out. He's not emotionally he, mature. No. And, like, it's tough. I, I think Roger did overreact. I think... Yeah. Daniel didn't give him anything and Roger could have also like asked in better ways. Oh, Roger's an asshole. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's just the reason I bring up the parallel is because something I've talked about in a previous season, I think it might have been Thailand was in the beginning before we knew is Malcolm Gladwell's book, David versus Goliath in that that he talks a lot about, and I don't like Malcolm Gladwell the person, but the author is very good. He, the things that we ascribe to a, a disadvantage can actually be an advantage mm-hmm. because of, you know, it makes you think differently. It makes you approach the world differently, whatever that might be. And I'm wondering if Christy, if there is part of an advantage in her deafness in being able to conflict resolve and being able to, the like, Daniel might have never had to work in a team like this where he wasn't immediately liked. And Christy knows what it's like to be an outsider and to struggle and isn't perfect, but at least has the tools to talk about it. Sure. 
and to find solutions, whereas Daniel and Roger, in this case, don't. They just fight for three days, and then one of them goes home. Yeah. Again, I see what you're saying. I think both have to go through like their days living in America as someone who is different. Because I'm assuming Daniel, at this time, had been in a room with all non-people of color before. Sure. I think we just weren't at that age of reckoning of, okay, what are we going to do about it? Weirdly enough, I don't feel like Daniel's race plays as much of a factor in his tribe. Like, I, when he brought that up in tribe, I was like, I don't see that at all. Like, I'm sure you have experienced that in the past, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like people dislike you because, or even treat you differently as opposed to like she and last season, Mm -hmm. treat you differently because of your race. You are kind of dense and not... It, it kind of dumb. Like you're kind of, you're kind of dumb and don't really like work with people. It doesn't feel like it is as much like, listen, I'm the first one to jump on. Like people around them are being racist, but it doesn't feel like that for Daniel. It feels like Daniel's just bad at being on a team. I see what you're saying. And I want to table that till we get to tribal. Sure. Yeah. Cause I think yeah. there, there, there are some thoughts that need to be said. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. That happened. On that moment as well, what is with this fisheye lens camera? We've seen it twice now. Yeah. Is it... At first I was like, is that just like a stationary camera? But then it starts following them. It's a weird choice. I wonder if it's like a backup camera or a more mobile camera that they can get places with. I think you're right because it's... We've only seen it two times and it's like when an argument breaks out that kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And suddenly they're like, oh shit, 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 start filming. Yeah. 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 But after this, I do want to point out, and again, like what we just talked about, Roger goes on to be a little racist. He is telling people that like, hey, I really don't like Daniel. I want him gone. I was about ready to give him a kung fu chop. I did not hear that. You didn't? I did not catch that. Yeah. I did not have subtitles on until about uh, halfway through the episode. Yeah. Ah, well then... uh, we are approaching record velocities of my statements aging poorly. At this point, we are three seconds removed from them. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, that happened. Daniel's like, I don't like Roger. He is bossy, and he smells like old vinegar. <laughs> I did like that, and he smells bad. Yeah, that's funny. It, we do see a nice little uh, bonding moment, though, of Daniel and Matthew. Because Matthew mm-hmm. was born in Hong Kong and speaks fluent, well, pretty much fluent Mandarin Chinese. Yep. And so you're you're seeing them and they're they're talking and then they will pivot into Chinese and then pivot back to English. And you're like, that's such fucking brilliant gameplay. It is, but if anyone hears you doing it, it is it immediately makes you suspicious. Sure. Like this is the it is the linguistical version of a showmance. Like, you now have somebody that, like, you two are locked in together, or perceived to be locked in together. Sure. So, it's dangerous, but it's cool. It is dangerous. And when you're doing that, when you're listening to a language that you don't know, but certain words will pop out to you, things like, oh, I don't know, names might throw a little red flag in there, Uh where it's going, uh, words, 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 words. Roger. Yeah. <laughs> words, 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 words. Like, Turns out Roger in Mandarin is Roger. Yeah, yeah, weird. I mean, they weren't near anyone, so I don't think they were in danger. But again, had people heard that, that's probably not a good look. No. Hilarious. Although I will say, it 
it is if nobody else in the tribe knows about it, mm-hmm. it is a really good boon for you going off when you're like whispering on your own because you don't risk anyone overhearing you. And if they do, they're if it's quiet enough, they're not going to know you're talking a different language. They're just not going to understand what you're saying. Sure. Yeah. And then we flip over to the women tribe and... Their camp's a nightmare. Their camp's a mess. And Jean's like, we're pathetic. Our hygiene is bad. There are wasps and tarantulas and shit running around. Like, something's rough. Yep. And we're showing everybody and everyone has their own agenda. People want to do... Things that other people don't want to do. Zero cohesion. It's it's a mess. And so they call a meeting. They call a, a group meeting and Shauna's sleeping. God damn it. Hilarious. I, I wrote down, Shauna, what are you doing? Sleeping. Yeah, I guess. Which, I mean, it didn't seem like it was a big deal. Just no. wake Shauna up. Yeah. But I, I can see the frustration. It's stupid. <laughs> no one's on the same page about anything. And then the whole purpose of this meeting was to designate a leader or a, a person who's going to take the reins. And interesting here that Jean is the one who kind of leads the charge on this and is yeah. like, I think Dina should be the leader. I think Dina has what it takes to bring us together. And then to us is like, yeah, I'm putting her up there to fail. That's so genius. It's brilliant. This is some great gameplay. It is. Except Dina's the wrong person to put there. Because she's good at it. She is good at it. And I knew she was going to be good at it. And now she gets to take the credit for saving the tribe. But at the time, I could see where Jean was thinking. Oh, yeah. She's grading. She has already had issues with other people. Like, if you give her this position of power, maybe, probably, she's going to screw this up. Which is interesting, because Jean looked like... Dina's like right hand woman. Uh huh. So no, Jean's gonna be interesting this season. I feel like I think Jean's playing harder than anyone else on their tribe. Yes. If okay, what would you do if this happened? Uh huh. If you were in a leaderless tribe that was trying to put you up for leader, what would you do? Because I have a very specific strategy I would do. I don't know exactly what I do, but I I do feel like it would aim kind of how. Dina approached it where she's like, I don't want to be a leader. I can be the person to delegate tasks. Like Mm. I can be the person who says, get this done, get this done, but I don't want to be the leader. That's just, that's a, to me, that's a different, that's a distinction without a difference. It's splitting hairs. Yeah. But it's smart that she's like, no, I don't really want it, but I see that we need it. If I had the knowledge that being a leader puts you in danger, which I think if I had been on Survivor at this point and watched previous seasons, I would. Mm-hmm. It seems like that. I'd make a deal with the tribe. I'd say, look, you want me to be leader? That comes with risk. Mm-hmm. I will be the de facto leader. You all need to promise me that at least one vote before, if you don't like the way things are going, tell me to stop being leader and give me one, three days, one vote to show you what I'm like when I'm not the leader. To like... Basically, like, get back into your graces because mm-hmm. this is a risky thing to do and I'm doing it for the tribe and I don't want to be doing it. That's the only way I would do it. I see what you're saying. I don't know that that's going to fly. I don't either, but at least, I don't know. Maybe maybe that would put a bigger target on my back because it would be like, oh, he's playing the game way too hard. Yeah. I think just the acknowledgement of I don't want this is, is probably uh, enough. Is probably enough. 
but me do too much never never anyway we go to the reward challenge it's a match game at first i was like why are we doing this challenge and i was like oh this is actually a great idea for a challenge at this point in the season it's kind of funny isn't it it's great because they still don't really know each other they're, yeah. they're still like oh looking at the, they're very longingly looking at these other tribes and they're like i, I want to like get to know them or like the men are to the women the women we've seen less of that Sure, but even still, they like they play the teasing game, and they in this challenge specifically, they interact and yes. like to give the boys a little crap. And we've talked about it; it's boring in the Amazon or in, in Survivor. Yes, like oh yeah, we're on day eight, seven, and it is it's fucking boring, man. Outside of just like trying, you're all hungry, you smell bad, you're bored. Like flirting is probably a lot of fun when you have nothing else going on. Like, this is the most stimulus you had in a week. Yeah. So, the purpose of this challenge... Is go fish. Is go fish. You ask people if they have an item, a toiletry item, and if they have it, they have to give it to you. But what happens is that people ask, and really, it's just like, okay, wait for someone to screw themselves, like, to, to say what they have so I can go back and take it later. Yeah. And if you have that thing. If you have that thing. One thing I did notice is that they didn't have to ask it of the other tribe. Correct. And I think that's brilliant, is if you... The one time I very specifically remember it is someone asked... Like, the, the women asked each other, like, hey, do you have this? And yeah. they, they took it from each other. And like, that's a match that you don't give to the other tribe. It's so smart. Yeah. It really is mostly a luck-based game, though. Absolutely. Except for one mistake. Except for one mistake. There were two mistakes, but the one very clearly happens, and I think they make a bigger deal out of it in where it happens. So, highlights of it. (laughs) Daniel, right off the bat, goes and shakes Shauna's hand. Does Daniel have Riz? I don't know what that... I'm old. I don't know what that means. It means swag. Okay. Like, does he have game? Because at first I was like, this guy's a fucking idiot. And then I was like... Maybe, I mean, listen, Steven and I, it, two straight white men trying to play from the female perspective here. Mm-hmm. But I was like, they see, she seems kind of into it. And he's, he's an attractive dude. He's an attractive guy. He's, he's edging on being like a little dangerous without being like creepy. I think that he has, he has, he rides a good line as opposed to Rob. Sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, another funny thing, Alex asked, for something from Jenna, and Jenna's like, how do you know my name? Yeah. And do you remember how he knows her name? He says, I'm really smart and I pay attention. Yeah, but do you remember how he knows her name? I mean, they've been talking about these women this entire time. Right, but I think that he, I think it was at Tribal. I think it was when Jeff was, when they were all like shooting off about who they want to hook up with, basically. Yeah. And... I think Jeff was, like, Jenna, like, giving them names of the people on the other side. That's what I think, because Jeff, like, jumps in, like, yeah, how do you know her name? <laughs> That's what I remember, but I could be wrong. Because I'm smart and I pay attention. Yeah. <laughs> I just picked it up somewhere. I don't know. Rob is having the time of his life in this challenge. He's doing terribly. Oh, he's, he's awful. He's having the time of his life. Like, oh, God, I hope there's a merger. I can't wait for the merger. There's so much joy this season. Mm-hmm. Like... There was 
After a certain point of last season, there was no more joy. It brought the fun back. Yeah. And I think there is a lot of fun in this episode. There's a lot of poor choices by production, but there's a lot of fun. Yeah. The cast is having fun, yes. which is important. Daniel fucks up. Yep. Asked the question that I forget who asked before him. Yeah. It was like remember. Alex or, or Matthew or someone where he's like, he asked the same person for the same item that someone else did, not even four people before. I'm surprised nobody did the thing of asking for something that you didn't have. Yes. Just to throw people off. Yeah. Especially early on. Yeah. I think that is a good strategy. But you only really get away with it for one, so I don't know. Well, you do it for one, and then nobody trusts that you have the items in there anymore, so you can ask whatever the fuck you want. Sure. Although, what happens if they're like, yeah, I do have that. Then you have that one, then you have one of them. I don't think that's how it works. Maybe it's not how it works. I I have no idea. I feel like you would be, okay, and then just go back to your box. (laughs) Yeah, and all in all, there's a lot of schmoozing and just being goofy, and then the ladies win. Yeah. It's a fun challenge to watch. It's not a good challenge to describe. That's fair. And it doesn't feel like the guys cared as much about winning this one. No. In fact, afterward, they're like, I got the best reward. Maybe some girls want to get with me, says Rob. (laughs) And if you're Rob and you're gross a little bit, it's like, well, I don't know if I want to hook up with them when they smell bad. So now they won't smell bad. I, I did write down what he said. Rob was like, Heidi looks a little rugged, so we're glad that she won this. She's usually a nine and a half, but right now she's closing in on a six, and that's closing the gap for me. Jesus Christ. Also, I think part of the reason why I, I vacillate between liking Rob and hating Rob on the liking side is he looks like Santino Fontana. Like dollar store Santino Fontana. I see what you're saying. <laughs> that's funny. I love that statement in that he goes full misogynist. And, then, and self-deprecating. And self-deprecating. It's interesting. It's a weird combination, and it almost kind of works. Almost. almost. Yeah, that's a very important almost in there. <laughs> yeah. And then we, we flip over to the, the women tribe, and this is weird. We're, we start off with the... Christy is bathing with the older women because she feels a little excluded by the younger women. She feels more comfortable with them, yeah. I will say, I want to go back to the, the previous... That whole segment was weird of, like, the guys back at Tribe with, Uh like, the bubbles of the women that they're talking about, like, making them objects. It was, it was weird. I didn't like that very much. It was weird. Rob and Daniel are just too horny. They're just too horny for TV. Yeah, but Daniel doesn't even really participate in that. It just kind of, they kind of, like, throw it at him. Yeah, that's fair. And... I don't know. And I understand that they're bored and that, like, what else are you going to talk about? Like, whatever. When Butch gets involved, then I'm like, okay, this feels... I don't I don't know how I feel about this. Butch is like, I'm old! I'm not dead! Yeah. Gabagool! <laughs> anyway, back with the ladies. It, and I wanted to point out that Christy specifically says that they exclude me. They don't yeah. invite me. Yep. It's not that she feels more comfortable. Sure, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. She's just like, I don't know, I... They went and didn't invite me. You're yeah. right. Whereas we, we smash cut to the younger women bathing. What the fuck was that music? I, they were trying to be like a softcore porn here. Basically. And it's 
it doesn't bode well for Survivor. And the women are like, we don't have these older women judging us. It's bathing is a very vulnerable experience. I'm like, cool. So let's film them doing it. Yeah, hold on. I have the full quote here because mm -hmm. it's also something. From Heidi, the cuter girls went off from the older women because we are younger and cuter and we have better bodies. And for some reason, that's an issue with older women. I don't, I don't, I, I can't say that I understand the complexities of the generation gaps in women and the way they communicate. It did feel a little queer-coded. It was like, I, I see what you're saying. Oh, you all want to, I don't know that it was, I don't know what these three women's sexualities are, the three younger women, but mm. um, they're very much like, yeah, we get to be free with our bodies and do what we want. I was like, okay, go off, I guess? I don't understand, like... We didn't need to see the bathing. No, we could have seen. Not. We could have seen the lead up to it. We yep. could have had the conversations about why they were doing different things. But, but we know why. It was for ratings. Why. I yes. It was because they are three objectively attractive women, and so CBS is like, "All right, let's uh, let's show what we got. We got. Uh, we, let's uh, let's let's do it. If it's blurry, it's blurry. But here's just these women." concealing themselves with one arm while washing with the other and like and you know that probably most of the cameramen are men that's also a, I really hope that the cameraman who was there was female because yeah. otherwise that whole situation is very very weird very strange we get Shauna's first confessional oh really talking yeah it's her first confessional I think Basically talking about how she's the one that's like, ah, yes, it's and we get to bathe with each other. And it's like, oh, cool. So you're the boobs hire of the season, Shauna. Like, you're the one that we're not going to get to see any of your personality, at least haven't so far. And all of the men think you're attractive, and that's why you were brought on the show. Sure. Well, Heidi says it would be better if we went into the merge topless. It would distract the men. Hey, use what you got. Use what you got. Everything is a weapon, you know? <laughs> Speaking of everything's a weapon, I forgot to mention this earlier in the war challenge. Did you catch that... Jenna wears the machete to every challenge. No. Yeah, she, at least in this episode, both challenges, she, like, straps on the belt and has the machete on her. Oh, I did not know that. That's pretty funny. cool. I do love that. Maybe she's, like, using it to chop through, like, paths. I think it's just the power of ritual. Why Like, not? we're going off to fight, and, like, this makes, this puts me in a mood to fight. Why not? We, we show a little bit of the guy's camp. I'm gonna breeze through it because it's, it's strategizing. It's yeah. interesting strategizing. It's strategizing. It's, it's taking lines between the Rob, or not the Rob, between the, no, not yet. Matt and Alex are the two that are strategizing. Yes. One of them with Daniel, one of them with Rob. Yes. And they're also fishing while doing this and they yeah. catch three tiny fish. It's funny. I think Rob is smarter than he looks. I agree. And it doesn't show necessarily here, but later on, it does show. Yeah. Where he's playing both sides. But he does tell a story that I thought was weird that Survivor kept in of the hot chocolate and Viagra. Yes! that's a, Okay, that's a funny joke. That also, was, did you know that nursing homes are super horny? Oh, God, yeah. They have a high rate of STDs. I am aware. Old people fuck. Yeah. They don't care anymore. <laughs> what I, do you got to lose? I'm single, baby. Let's do it. I haven't been single in 70 years. Concern. I guess if they're like 85, 86. Yeah. <laughs> then we get a, a work montage. and Yeah. This is a great montage. I want to... Somebody at Survivor got a raise on this one. Because mm -hmm. it's, it's really cool. Like, they use the sounds of the work and the chopping and the tying. 
to make a song. This is the Avengers to last season's Twin Peaks, if that makes sense. Like, we saw those, we like, the weird, like, artsy, like, when we focus on this, and then the snapping of the chicken, and then Ted doing push-ups, mm. and that's very, like, Twin Peaks, and this is very, like, buttoned up, it's a formula, it's good, and it's, like, it's, it's formulaic in a good way. Yeah, it almost feels like it's about to hop into a Disney song. Yes! Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was cool, but it's showing that Dina's getting shit done. Mm-hmm. Dina's leading, and Dina's doing a good job of it. Jean's plan just blew up in her face. It really did. And... They're catching fish. They're doing a good job. Joanna caught multiple fish. Christy caught a fish. Gene caught a fish. Like, and they're big fish. They're big fish. That bait is helping. Yeah. Now, I want to say, just pause real quick. Pausing. Think about all the people that we've talked about in this episode as their personalities and perspectives. Mm-hmm. We have Rob, Roger, Daniel. We talked a little bit about Alex and Matt. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Christy. We talked about Heidi. We talked about Shauna. Almost everyone in this Gina or Jean, sorry, uh, Jean's plan, Dina being the leader, like that's 10 people. There's only 14. Think about where we were at in Thailand or Africa and how we were trying to guess at what these people's perspectives were. We're doing way better job telling stories and finding ways to work other people's perspective in. Yeah, even if it's not, we don't need to know every single thing that happens with somebody over three days. Yep. But giving us one little insight and then giving the broader story of the camp mm-hmm. gives so much context. Like, we can extrapolate that Gene's plan didn't work because of how good Dina's doing. Yeah. But without that confessional telling us what Gene's plan was, which, I mean, maybe in previous seasons those people didn't have plans, we get to know what's going on. It feels like anyone can actually win this game. Yeah. I love it. Except for Roger. I don't think Roger can win this game. And then we, we have build up to immunity. And the women are preparing for battle. We have another montage here. Like, it's great. It's really good. We see the women all like focused and rowing. And the men are sitting around playing with a magic eight ball being like, Herder, which girl is going to be my conquest? Even Roger got in on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm, okay. It, I thought of anyone, Roger would be the one that was like, Guys, fucking stop. It also could be careful editing, right? Like, that could be a day ago. Yeah. And they're telling the story. It's so obvious who's going to tribal this whole episode. Yes. I'm okay with that, almost. It makes the immunity challenge a little less... Like, there's not a lot of tension. Like, from the moment it starts, I'm like, I know who wins. Sure. But it's not in a bad way. Yeah. Because we get to immunity, and it's almost an escape room. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're in a cage and they have to get out of the cage by undoing knots and chopping things and grabbing keys that are outside. Of... It's a great Rube Goldberg cage. Yeah, it's fun. And somehow the men fuck it up. Yeah. It, it almost looks like they, they untied and they didn't like pull a rope all the way through and then they pulled a board along the line and the board like wedged between the rope. Yeah. And you're like, well... Now you, you now you fucking idiots. You, you done fucked up. Interesting though that the men brought the immunity idol with feathers of blue tied in there. You have lost so many challenges. Uh-huh. How have you gotten more cocky the more you've lost? <laughs> because they are the men, and the men must show their dominance by losing. <laughs> 
It was dumb. It was all dumb. What makes it kind of bummed is knowing that we only get one returnee from this cast to All-Stars. Because there's only two spots left, right? I think so. But I'm sure we'll get more in later returnee seasons because this is this is a really good cast. And I do think it's better than the sum of its parts. We talked about there's, in episode one, there's no real like standouts. There's no rich mm-hmm. being like, oh, well, that, that's probably the guy. Yeah. Which is really cool, but I, I don't know. I I hope we get to see more of these people. We're only on episode three, three yeah. and I'm like, I want all of these people to I return. I want more. Ugh, so good. Good stuff. Anyway, the women win and do it pretty dominantly. Once again, guys left to, to scramble. Here's where we have the, it's either Roger or it's Dan. Yeah, I do want to point out one really good gameplay attempt by rob that doesn't go anywhere okay he tells roger that hey daniel's rallying votes against you yeah because he wants roger to go yeah and he wants roger to go blow up roger doesn't yep but that is so smart but he's he's playing both sides on that one like he also goes to daniel and he's like he's like no i mean he's looking out for number one i don't he has a side his side is with daniel but he's like hey Unless we have the votes locked in, I'm going to have to vote against you. Yeah, but he, he's actively, like, saying, I'm, it, it's you, unless we can get the votes, yeah. man. Like, let's get the votes. It's smart. It is smart. It's, I wouldn't call it playing both sides. He's hedging his bets, which is different. Playing both sides is, uh, I don't really know which way I want to go. I'm going to, I want to keep my options open. Rob has picked an option. He's just not going to die on that hill. I see what you're saying. It does feel a little more open and a little more messy for people to come back and be like, the fuck, you very clearly told Daniel that. Like, everyone knows that you told Daniel that. What? That, like, you want to vote for for me unless it works. That Oh, sure. I mean, yeah, it can. And, and But then I think Rob's smart enough to be able to say, yeah, of course I told him that. I didn't mean it. He came to me and asked me a question, and I didn't want to say, no, man, you're going home. Sure. So I told him he wanted to hear all right. And then I voted for him. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cool. And then we we go to tribal. And interesting tribal. Interesting tribal. Jeff has mastered tribal council. He he really is doing a great job. It's such a huge step up. Yeah, he, he makes the Bobby Riggs, Billie Jean King comparison. Do you know that story? No. So they did like a battle of the sexes and they made a movie about it with, I think, Audrey Plaza played Billie Jean King. Mm-hmm. Anyway... He was so cocky and arrogant about it. It's almost like this, where mm. he he gets beat by Billie Jean King and is kind of an embarrassment for doing it. This is kind of what we talked about last season that didn't come to fruition. Mm-hmm. Team strength versus team cohesion. I guess it kind of did come to cohesion because Chewie gone won, mm-hmm. but they were not a cohesive team. No. The women's team, when it comes to challenges are incredibly cohesive. They're working well together. They work so well together. Anytime, like, the only challenge they've lost was an individual challenge yeah. where they literally could not help each other. Yeah. They they work as a team so well versus, like, they don't have the raw strength of the guys, but they have zero chemistry. And that's another thing going into, like, the David versus Goliath analogy. Like, they look like underdogs coming in, but actually their ability to communicate is so much more of a strength than just being strong yeah i'm there with you it makes so much sense to me and it gets rid of this early season thing that i've actually probably bit into a little too much of well if you're physically strong you're not going home early Mm -hmm. daniel's ripped 
Yeah. Daniel's strong as hell. I think that's out the window now. Like, yeah. It's still kind of there, but it's certainly not season one or two. Like, It'll come back when your people like Janet. We're like, yeah, Janet is deteriorating at a rapid rate. Yeah, or was deteriorating at a rapid rate. You gotta go. We gotta get her out of here. But it's not as much of a... Like, people have learned it's not as much of a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then here's the part that we talked about a little bit earlier, where Daniel's like, I am one Asian guy against seven white guys in this tribe. Like, I am very clearly different and very clearly in a space that isn't always welcoming to me. Yeah, and again, okay, Roger Roger is a little racist, I guess. Daniel, you're useless. Yes. Like, I, like sure, that stuff might be true in this group of people. Mm-hmm. But that is not the reason why you're going home or the reason why you are an outsider. It's because you are useless. I agree, but he has a point that it didn't do him any favors oh, sure. to like, make friends. He or definitely had to, to work harder. Yeah. But we also see that he has friends. I mean, I, okay, so I want to talk about a moment... He talks about, like, him and Matthew kicking it off because Matthew speaks Mandarin. Did you see the look on Matthew's face? Yeah. He's like, why the fuck did you just say that? Yeah. You just blew up my spot so fucking hard. Like, that is not a good Survivor player. That is, like, Matthew probably votes against him because of that. I would be pissed. Like, why did you just tell everyone that we have a secret way to communicate <laughs> and that we've been doing it? Fuck, man. So, like, you're right. He, he probably, I don't want to discount the fact that he, it doesn't do many favors. He has to work harder. But he's so fucking bad at it. He shouldn't be in any type of, like, social manipulation game. Because he has a singular brain cell. I see what you're saying. He really should have been the first one to go home. Sure. If it wasn't for the fact that, what's his name, kept pooping and shutting doors loudly, and Roger had a personal vendetta, <laughs> like, he would have gone home the first day. He's awful at the challenges. Yeah. He... He lost them the first immunity challenge. He lost them this reward challenge. Yep. Uh, there's He has no redeeming qualities of a survivor player. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, sure, that stuff, that's what he talks about with, you know, it being, having to push up against a brick wall a little bit with being an Asian contestant on an all-white tribe. Sure. That is true. It also is not important for what is happening. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Cool. And Rob disagrees, and there's that. Yeah. It's completely false. It's not, but... It's not completely false, but it is completely irrelevant. Yeah. Because of all of the other stuff that matters so much more that you are so bad at. And Rob... I, I will say this because it's not a spoiler anyway. Rob, like, later down the line says that I, I do regret saying that. Mm. Okay. Like, so, there you go. And, yeah, that's it. Daniel's gone. Like, a sweep. Full sweep yeah. on Daniel. And that just tells you, like, Rob has been looking for a reason to get rid of Roger. Matthew also doesn't like Roger. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't because, it, you're like, Roger's an asshole, but Roger can play the game. Yeah. Daniel, you sit around and do nothing from what we've seen. I just, yeah. Cool. Do you think Daniel comes back? No. Of course he doesn't. Daniel, uh... They won't even bring back, the like, an actual good man of color in Sean, who's good at the game. Why would they bring back someone who's terrible at it? <laughs> yeah. So, Daniel does not come back. He goes on to be, like, he does kind of well as an actor. Like, he, he... He does a lot of things. He... I shouldn't say a lot of things. He does a lot of, like, background or... Mm. Small part, small bit parts. Like, for instance, he was a police officer in Pee-wee's Big Holiday. <laughs> he was a waiter in The Bold and the Beautiful. 
He was a soldier in the unit. He was on Bones as oh. Cadet Williams. Okay. Like, so he's he's there. He's a working actor. He, yeah. He's charismatic. He's charismatic and likable. Absolutely. He's just dumb. Yeah. I'm sorry for speeding through this. He does a quarantine questionnaire thing, which I think is fun. I do wish they would have shown me talking more strategy and trying to keep myself in the game. My edit almost seems to make me seem like I was passive and had no gameplay. I don't agree with that. I, I mean, okay, I'm sure... You weren't there. No, 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 sorry, sorry. I don't think... I, I didn't perceive him as being passive and having no gameplay. Okay. I just perceived him as doing it badly. Mm. So, uh, sure, maybe there's more that they, there, that they buried. I, I don't think they had the time with how jam-packed this season is and how little effect it had when you didn't get any votes to back you up. I, yeah, I don't know. And he didn't win the million dollars, but he did end up getting a prize from his trip down to the Amazon. It was malaria. I was going to say, which disease is it? He got malaria, despite being on malaria pills. Oh, man. Yeah, that, that shit sucks. He said, but he does not regret going on the show. Not, not ever, not even with the whole malaria experience. Good. And he does still have a group text going with Matthew and Butch. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, him and Matthew seem like they hit it off, and yeah. Yeah. Daniel seems like a good, good, charismatic guy, not a survivor Did, player. Didn't really work. I think he would probably do pretty badly. I do think this is... I think he does better in most seasons because he's kind of inoffensive. Mm. Like, sure, he's bad at Survivor, but he's not... Like, you're gonna have your people that are... Like, he's not He's not usually gonna be a first boot, right? Like, you're gonna have your people that are sick. You're gonna have your people that are destructive. Like, let's say we put him and Clarence from season three on the same tribe and Clarence does the bean incident... Well, they keep Daniel because Daniel's the strength, and now they can get rid of Clarence. They yeah. kept Clarence because he was the strength. Daniel can be the strength on a tribe. He kind of got screwed by being on a tribe of all men and the strength not mattering yeah. nearly as much. Yeah. Or at least perceived that it doesn't matter as much. And and Roger having a vendetta. That is the part where I think the 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 race does matter, is that Roger seems like he... I mean, Kung Fu Chop is... Kind of rough, man. Yep. It's kind of rough. And yeah. who knows what he says when the cameras weren't paying attention then, or they didn't make the edit. Yeah. The, uh, my protagonist of the episode is actually Rob. Okay. We see Rob doing the most moving and shaking. Roger's on a war path. Yes. Daniel's on a retreat path. And Rob has a strategy that does not come to fruition, but he's... We see a lot of him. And we see a lot of what I'm going to call like the Lex and Brian edits, where we see... How he presents versus how he is. Sure, 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 sure. All right. Then let us end the episode. Oh, he could also be a goat. Goat bumper? (laughs) (laughs) That'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turn It Back Time podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you to the goat who joined us. (laughs) No, stop eating my... My paper, stop. Oh my god. (laughs) Demon goat? Anyway. I am Satan, goat of darkness. (laughs) Jared, what what do you have to promote? I would like to promote sparkling water. Ooh. I really like sparkling water. You do. You grab one just about every time you come here. I bought a soda stream like years ago and I use it every day. Smart. I call it spicy water. <laughs> it's the only way I'll drink water. So what, I'm an adult. What happens if you put like jalapeno juice in sparkling water? 
pain. Super spicy water. <laughs> spicy squared water. Yeah. Cool. I am going to promote... I, I scheduled a doctor's appointment, so there you go. I'm right gonna, now? Well, no, not right now. I It was a follow-up to the one that I had before where I'm going to see an ENT. Okay, because like 20 minutes ago, you're like, I need to schedule a doctor's appointment. Now no. you're like, I scheduled a doctor's appointment. That's different. I need to go to like an urgent care and be like, hey, this cop has been hanging out for a long time. Hey, my body no work good. Do I need antibiotics? Do you need to fix me? I don't know. That's different. <laughs> For my host, for my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, I'm Jared. And apparently the host now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You comment and then I have to keep it in. Yeah, you do. (laughs)